When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast. And tonight we have with us Adam Miller. Michael Van Team and John Cedar from Experience Wild, along with myself, James Noteboom. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, whatever it's, what is it now, July 27th. So we're getting towards, you know, the end of the summer. We start looking at putting our trail cameras out, putting out some minerals, whatever. You know, if you guys do food plots, I'm sure hopefully you've put them in already, but. I don't do that because we lease and uh, things of that nature. So, guys, what are you doing for your preseason planning? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I've i got the luxury of uh, belonging to a, a hunt club where, um, you know, they put in uh, they put in food plots uh, in the fall um, up at our club. But in the spring, we do a, a spring work weekend. And um, usually in the spring, I, I'll run – probably about a half dozen trail cameras and I'll get about a half dozen mineral sites going, um, you know, in April. And, uh, you know, that way it's, you know, pretty much, uh, clear cut and dry for me as far as what, what, what to expect. And, and I don't like checking those cameras all that often. Uh, I try to keep my scent out of there as much as possible, um, throughout the year. So I actually won't probably pull those cards again until September. And then, you know, then I'll start looking into, uh, you know, putting out some more mineral at that time and, you know, checking the plots and see how everything's going from there. Pretty much all I do. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I'm more of a, a gear guy. So I'm just trying to make sure that all of my, my stuff is ready. My shooting's on. I've been doing, doing a lot of shooting. Um, I've got a small private piece of property just down the road for me that I'm putting in a little um, kill plot. Uh, so I'm going to do that. I think the second week, in August and just kind of hope that it's, it's just starting to pop and, and, and the deer are going to find it by, you know, October, mid October. Um, I'll put a camera on that. But other than that, I mean, I hunt eight hours away from here and then I hunt a lot of state land. So I've been looking at, um, the, the Onyx maps and stuff like that and trying to set up where I, where I think I want to be from, from years past, you know, where I've seen deer and, and try to, try to mark those spots out um, and then also looking for new spots on the same properties that are maybe a little bit less accessible or, or trying to find things like that but using the maps and and just making sure that i've got all the stuff that i need for you know to get in and out easy yeah mike what do you do um i usually just uh run trail cameras and just kind of put out some uh mineral blocks minerals um but this year um, one of my friends uh, has a farm that he's hunting on, so we've kind of 
helped uh, cultivate that and put down some clover and uh, some other things and see how that's going to work out this year. It's new for both of us this year on that hunting property, but for the most part, it's just running trail cameras and mineral blocks and scouting new land during the summer, during the off season. Yeah, I do the, pretty much the same thing, especially on the lease. You know, it's just I just just went out last weekend and put out five cameras and a bunch of different minerals just to try them. You know, I tried the Big and J stuff at my parents' house, which is about 15 minutes away from there, and it ended up being more of a deer repellent than an attractant. So I'm trying it here because you never know. I mean, it's a whole different area. It's surrounded by a big uh, farm. You know, I don't even know how many acres mm-hmm. they farm, and you know, nobody really bow hunts it. So the deer stay kind of big in there. I just don't know where they go when I go out hunting. But... <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, we got Aaron Cloyd. He does uh, tech tips. He just did a video on what you know, some food plot stuff. That guy's really knowledgeable too. And I think Dave will start probably putting those on the podcast so people can listen to him that way too. You know, there's always yeah, knowledgeable no. people, but you know, until you have property, like I, I watched a episode of Hunt Masters, right? And they went on the, and they went on his property, and hinged cut like half his woods <laughs> you know oh you know they bring like the tony Laprat guy in i don't think that was i don't think he was on that show but it's like kind of along the lines the same lines and i mean you, <laughs> he got the biggest you know the deer stay in there you know yeah. it, it looks crazy like you're going through your woods and chop it down half your woods and then but i guess it works man there's a whole bunch of different yeah. things you can do now yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's a pretty important thing. I was actually talking to one of my buddies about that uh, the other day. Uh, I've got a forty acre parcel that I hunt that's like fifteen minutes from my house. You know where it's at, Jamie. We've yeah. done photo shoots there. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of like uh, a lot of undergrowth. You know, I mean, when I I guess I wouldn't even call it undergrowth. I mean, some of them are mature trees too. But you know, we were actually talking about doing some of that hinge cutting. Uh, you know, just to try to keep the deer maybe a little bit more on their property, create some more habitat for them. You know, give them some good bedding areas and birthing areas like in the spring um yeah. but uh you know i mean i remember uh i think it was dave that was telling me that that dave chevalier just had somebody come out to his yeah, property it was the pratt yeah okay that's who it was yeah. yeah and they and they just you know he's really set up his property for mm-hmm. for the deer you know so he doesn't even really need to put in anything crazy food plot wise he's no. just got a natural you know area for these deer just to bed and you know stick around and feel comfortable which i think is pretty impressive but um, you know, I think Adam hit it on the head too, you know, with, uh, the, 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 the preseason planning, uh, as far as like, you know, making sure your gear's good. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something I'm constantly going through too. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly making sure that, you know, my range finders are good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm getting comfortable with those and, you know, this is like my third year with a different bow. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> trying to figure all that out and, um, you know, getting all that stuff dialed in and set up and, you know, making sure I got everything that I had from last year. Cause I'm, I'm notorious, you know, especially, you know, I pretty much hunt, you know, all through October, all through November, all through December. And I'm looking forward to hunting all the way through January. Now, I don't know if you heard, but they opened up in uh, Oakland, Macomb and Wayne County. Uh, they extended uh, deer season in January for a month uh, for does on private land. Hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting out there and doing some of that. I don't know if you need any help late, with that. 
Yeah, well, definitely, dude. That late, <laughs> late season stuff is going to be fun. That's actually, I enjoy that probably, you know, more than anything, sitting up in that tree, freezing, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, having my bow and all that stuff with me. But, you know, I think it's important to go through your gear and make sure it's all good, you know, like your binos and just, you know, everything, you know, just make sure everything's good. So. Yeah. Yeah, on that uh, that hinge cutting topic and all that, I've been looking into that and watching some videos, and I'd be real interested to to, to whether you've got a guy that's doing that, that Dave Chevalier, that had him come to his property, if if he's got something out there where he's talking about it, because our property in the UP is 240 acres, and so last year we did um, we had it logged off, and so everything changed last year. We went up there to to look at it in August. We went up there in May, and they, they had cut it the previous August, and we were getting a little bit of growth, but we went up there and hunted for a week right at the beginning of the rut, and walking in there in the dark, the overgrowth and everything, you know, the property's changed 100%. And so I think for us, right now is the time where we need to start making that sort of thing, but, you know, I think to have that guy come out is like two grand, oh, yeah, you know, it's not and cheap, so it's like, but... yeah, so it's, is it is it going to be you know, that mind blowing. I mean, like I said, 240 acres is a big piece of property. There's deer there, but you know, what is he, what is he, what is he doing? Is he just yeah, coming to look and say, okay, this is what you need to do. I mean, I guess you have to think about the area you're in. If there's never any big deer, would I probably do it? No. But if you know, there's big ones in there and you can draw them out. The problem is like at my parents' house, we got, we have the, a sanctuary, a swamp that we don't go in. But the neighbor has pine trees, and they choose the pine trees. <laughs> you know, so I wish we would have put in the pine trees, but they put in the pine trees, and they won. But the other thing is the UP, man. Just between the wolves and the bad winters, and mm -hmm. you know, there's less and less deer up there now. And the winter kills, you know, the the wolves is one thing, but the the winter and the way that the deer are wintering is is changed. You know, from the time when I started going up there, I guess 20 years ago now, to to where they're at, it's just night and day. The difference in just the deer, the way that they move, the way the way as it gets colder, as it gets further. Maybe it's predation. Maybe it's the winter. Maybe it's just the the herd is is changed. But uh, yeah, it's not the herd is not healthy up there for sure. Too bad. I'd love to go up there and have a hunting camp. And, and, you know, you still could do it. You know, if you got a deer, it'd be a plus. It'd be more about hanging out. But Well, last year they had opportunities. My sister missed one and my brother missed one. Both, they never killed a deer with their bow. So, but uh, they were probably, you know, they were 100, 110 inch deer, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a good deer, you oh, know, yeah. in Michigan. Definitely. And that's, it was good to have two in one trip. You know, and we had both of them on camera, so we knew, you know, what they were, you know, where we could say, that, did it look like this? Did it look like that? Um, so they're there, and I think it's helping. This year we've got a, a local farmers picking off all the small plots of field that he can do for beans or whatever. I guess he put in um, corn up there, and this is the first year that that's going to happen. We've got 15-acre field, so it's, it's going to be all corn, so that'll help also for sure so what else did we want to talk about adam really wanted to talk about broadheads so along with your preseason 
planning and shooting all your equipment. What what broadheads are you guys shooting this year? Well, I, I have the Rage Hypodermic, and uh, I do like the Rage products. Um, and I think it just goes to, like, confidence. I know I heard you guys when you, when you did the last one, you talked about being confident in your equipment. Yeah. Well, I I married into a family of, like, rabid bow hunters. So for me, when I first came up 12, 13, 14 years old, it was, you know, whatever was cheap, whatever was in the box store. And, uh, and now they change broadheads every single year. They, whatever's new, whatever's being hyped. And so, um, I, I, the first year we went to Ohio, they killed a couple of smaller bucks for Ohio, you know, 120s or whatever. And the one guy shot this 125 inch 11 point, like in the paunch, like far back, terrible shot, shooting rage 2.3s, you know, the rage extremes. And I thought, oh my God, this broadhead is the best thing, the bee's knees, this is going to be it, you know. So I, I shot him the next year, and every deer I shot with him, it just ruined the feral. I mean, the feral was bent. You know, I mean, basically the head was destroyed. Yeah. You know, you could try and true it up, but, you know, it's not 100%, you know, when you spin test them and then replace the blades. And then I didn't even take into account with that the um, kinetic energy piece of it. So these guys are shooting. He was shooting the Botec Boss or, or something like that at like 73 pounds, yeah. you know, just shooting terrible, you know, tons of kinetic energy. I'm shooting 60 pounds. I shot a doe at uh, like 19 yards, and the broadhead poked through, but it didn't go all the way through. But she died in like 10 steps. I thought, oh, my gosh, these broadheads are great. And then I we went back to Ohio that year, and I shot the big buck, the biggest buck I've ever seen, I think. Um you know, 150 inch 10 point, didn't get a pass through, found him the next day, just the most grueling, gut wrenching thing because I didn't get a pass through, but I didn't think about it, you know, when I shot that doe about the kinetic energy piece. You know, I wasn't shooting enough energy for that big of a cut, for that extreme of a, a broadhead, you know. So that when I, when I was saying about talking about broadheads, it's just the things that you don't think about. You know, you, you you see somebody else using them or you see them on a hunting show or something like that. But without putting all the calculations into, like I said before, your equipment, you know. Yeah. And then getting these broadheads handed down to me and things like that. So I got, I shot a, a Schwacker um, for a year because they got, they went from those to, yeah, our guys to love, something our guys, else. Some of our guys love those things. Well, you know how they have those little two... I don't know tits that come off the side, you know, whatever make them open that do that initial cut. Um, I missed a buck the same year I shot the one in Ohio because one of those caught a branch and I watched my lighted knock and arrow explode and just fly right over this deer's back. And that that was like I'll never shoot a, a schwacker again. And uh, I heard you guys talking about the nap kill zones and how they work on that cam system much like the rage, but. One of our guys shot one of those because he was too cheap. He didn't want to buy the Rage, and these were $5 cheaper, $2 cheaper or something. And uh, shoots a doe at, at 10 yards, 
doesn't get a pass through. We tracked it for 200 yards before we found it. No, no blood trail whatsoever. So I think like you guys were talking about, it's all about like having confidence in your equipment. So once you, you know, I mean, back in when I started and I wouldn't hesitate to shoot one today, it's just not, not cool, not sexy, but the 125 grain three blade thunderheads are like, I mean, I feel like you could shoot anything with those, but you know, it's always cool to try something new also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like kinetic energy played a big part for me in my decision for what I shoot now. Um, you know, like Nopen when we went on our bear hunt, I mean, I did a lot of studying on, you know, kinetic energy and, um, like I had, I can't even, I can't even tell you what the arrow of my weight was or the weight of my arrow was for that, for that hunt in particular. But, uh, cause I'm in the same boat. Like I don't, I don't shoot a lot of poundage. Like the older I, mm. the older I've gotten, like I've decided, like, I'm not, I want to be comfortable. Right. And I want to shooting like four, hey, 45 now, right? No, no, I'm still not, I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure when I'm in my sixties, I'll just shoot 45 pounds, but in a 26 uh, you know, inch draw, it makes for a, yeah. well, that's the other thing too, is I've got a short draw. So my draw is only 27 inches and I'm shooting 60 pounds. So I need something that's going to absolutely just hit these deer and just, just hit them hard. And ever since I went, you know, with a, with a heavier grain arrow, um, you know, I shoot a heavier broadhead. And I'm shooting a fixed blade now, um, whereas before I was shooting a lot of mechanicals. I've been in that yeah. boat with the Rage. I've never had a pass-through with a Rage, ever. No. Um, I used it and, once, wow. rubber band and, broke, and, and I never used it again. You know, and the other thing, too, with, with mechanicals, the thing that I don't like about mechanicals in particular is, you know, you you get you get hung up in that bone. So let's just say your shot's off, like, you know, an inch, and you're in that front shoulder. You know, you're going to get some penetration, but as soon as that blade starts to open, um, you know, especially if you're not pulling back a ton of pounds and you don't have a lot of kinetic energy behind your arrow, you know, you're, you're getting caught in that shoulder and you know, that deer has gone. No, it um, doesn't get caught in shoulders. Ramcat. They don't. And I was just going to say that. <laughs> so like I had, I want to say it was three years ago. It was the first year I started shooting a Ramcat. Um, and I had a deer quartering away from me at 54 yards and it was like, the day before opening day of gun and it was a doe you know what i mean but i'm like you know what i'm comfortable with this bow i've been shooting 60 70 yards all day long i'm like i'm gonna take this shot and i ended up taking the shot and i ended up getting a complete pass through and i watched that deer go about 10 15 yards and just just expire um but the proof was in the pudding for me on that bear hunt you know what i mean We, we we all shot the Ramcats on these bears. And I mean, you know, these are big bodied animals, lots of muscle, lots of fat, and just completely getting a straight pass through and then having that arrow sticking in the ground, you know, eight inches. And it's just like, holy crap. Like these things are no joke. I mean, yours didn't Um, go that far, did it? Mine went like 10 yards. (laughs) Mine went, yeah, I think mine ran, mine definitely ran hard, but it went about 20, 25 yards. And that was it, man. It was, it was lights out. Um, And I've never, ever not shot a deer with one of these things and not been able to see where they go down yeah. ever that's just an amazing broadhead i mean and that's you know kind of turned me back onto the whole fixed blade thing was that was the ram cat um you know but like i said I mean, i've been there i've shot i've shot muzzies i've shot the schwackers <laughs> i've shot you know the rage and for me it's it's uh i guess more of a personal preference i like to see that pass through um 
you know, and I like, uh, you know, something that's going to tear through bone and not get hung up in it, you know? Faux show. Faux Well, I think, I think a big, a big portion of it too is that, you know, you can, you can change your, your bow, you can change your sight, you can use a different tree stand. Um, but it, with something so critical as the, the broadhead, you know, it, being an ethical hunter, you know, and thinking about the animal and you don't want to, you want the cleanest, you know, uh, most painless kill or, or whatever, however you want to say it. But if, if you, if you're not confident in the broadhead or you don't know, I mean, that, I think that's kind of just ignorant going out there and saying, well, we're going to try these because, because of this without without thinking about it so when you find something that works and you're extremely confident and you say well i know that this is going to do it i mean it, it, it's kind of like going out you know with a, a 454 handgun or a 22 it's it's the it's the age-old thing mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it might work it, it probably will work but this one i know with a without a doubt is, is going to you know get the job done and so it's it's hard to pry away from from that i think you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just... <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm watching Death Wish 4 on the TV <laughs> without the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson's about to take this dude out, so... <laughs> no, I've had... Uh, I've had a lot of good different broadheads. I mean, there was some mm-hmm. some guy down the street sold me in some weird, you know, shop and I've never heard of before. And I should idea with it. It looked like a saw movie. It was just sprayed all over every tree. So it's not all about big names. And that's one thing I learned, you know, when I first came on here, Bowhunter Planet, it was that, you know, of course I was, oh, I got to get a switchback. I'm, you know, Matthews is the bomb. I got to have a Matthews, you know, and anything else is just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then you start, you realize that almost every single one of these bows kills deer almost exactly the same. You got to pick your preference. Do you want speed? Do you want, com- you want to be comfortable? Do you want, you know what I mean? It's, it's all about your personal preference. You know, I, I don't, you can't I, shoot it, something because Ted shoots it or, you know, <clears throat> so this guy said it was cool. You know, maybe you want to go find a shop and try some stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, I've, I've. That's another thing. Like with the poundage, you know, everybody's got to be, you know, a hard ass and shoot seventy five, eighty pounds. I'm like, do you hunt whitetails in Michigan from thirty yards? What are you doing? Because I'm watching you practice. <laughs> You're about to have a stroke every time you pull your bow back. <laughs> you know. Yep. And I've been shooting seventy, and I, you know, we never twisted it down, so it was probably, you know, seventy, seventy two. I don't need that anymore. I went down to sixty. You know how much more fun it is to shoot now. Uh-huh. Comfortable. Well, like what John was talking right. about in in January, trying to pull that bow back after you're sitting there for oh, two yeah, hours. Forget yeah, about it. Good luck. Yeah. Forget no about way. It. Or trying to hold it back. <laughs> yeah. I had a you know some real. That's the thing. We were, I was using this these fast bows and it didn't have like a strong back wall and it literally gave me target panic. I'm like, what is wrong with me? 
I didn't think yep. I could fix it. I'm like, because it, you know, practicing it took off on me a couple times and flew arrows. You know, thank God I was in the country, so I couldn't shoot that bow in my backyard. You know, and I, I was just bringing it up and then getting close to the target, pulling the trigger because I thought I was going to take oh. off. And then yep. I switched to this Bowtech. Wow. And, well, I switched to Obsession and it fixed it. And this Bowtech this year, I went down to 60 pounds. <laughs> The great back wall, and then you can just hold. You know, it totally just fixed itself because of the equipment. It wasn't me; it was equipment. Mm-hmm. The yep. equipment gave me a complex. <laughs> yeah, I, no doubt. I'm like, oh, I, mean, I don't want to kill somebody. I better let this, you know, shut off. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's for me, it's all about being comfortable now. I mean, because I, I like the, I like to sit in those, you know, those cold mornings, and I like to sit out there, you know, all day and you know, enjoy it. And, you know, obviously, I mean, even if it's, you know, a 30, 40 degree day, I mean, the longer you sit there, the tighter your muscles get. And, you know, it, it's, you know, for me, I like to shoot period. So, you know, if I'm pulling back 70 pounds, I'm not getting in as much as I could if I'm pulling back 60, cause I'm a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's way more comfortable to me. I don't have to struggle and, you know, and, and I can have fun. You know, the thing that I'm going to struggle with this year is shooting that, that recurve that I got. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be uh i don't think i'll be hunting with that late season this year because there's just no way <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh you know I'm, I'm hoping to get one on the ground early this year you know if i can get one with that recurve i'd be real happy but yeah. so you know, i want to get one down early too so i can take it in and make it all cheesy weenies from the country smokehouse yeah dude. <laughs> but no i got that yeah i know we should i'd send him an email hey country smokehouse if you're listening yeah let's do something but you know, like, yeah. the, the carbon yeah. icon man that this bow is going to be awesome for the winter because it doesn't keep it, it, the cold doesn't affect it you know it's not like yeah. a metal uh handle so you're going to get all you know freeze your hand off plus it's late That's what, so isn't that what kevin is that what kevin's shooting <clears throat> this year the carbon icon no he's what's shooting, he shooting he's shooting one of the carbon ones carbon deploy yeah the diamond yeah yeah that looks yeah, nice that's, too. That's a smooth ball, man. He let me yeah. shoot it. I mean, he's you know he's shooting like thirty five pounds, but it was really, really smooth. Yeah. Um, but that thing, I mean, that was that had a real nice draw cycle on it. So I can only imagine what that one that you're shooting is that carbon icon. I mean, I can only imagine. <clears throat> I like it. Nice back wall, the whole <laughs> nine yards. You can hold that thing back all day long. Well, well, I think it was funny. Is that? Uh... When we interviewed Jim Shockey, you know, I asked him, I knew what Bowie shot, but I asked him what Bowie shot, Bowie shot, and then he still shot the boss. And, yeah, I, and I, like, I really wanted to say, I'm like, you need to try that rain out, like, you know, because he's like, oh, I got to stick with the one, you know, the one I love. And, and he just posted a picture, is... he posted a picture today that he's like, I'm in love with the new rain or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that boss sick. is what, two, two or three years old now? Yeah. yeah. But you know him. That's that's yeah. why I love him. He don't care. He's you know he use what he, works for he him. He knows what works. You know? Yeah, he knows what works, and that's and all be, he cares about. He be quite about honest, I'd care. like to use a bow for two three years just so I'm very comfortable with it. You know, and I get yeah. used a lot. But I'm not going to sit here and complain that I have to switch bows every year. Just yeah, that's part if, of that. If I was <laughs> to be buying problem, them man. still, I would buy one every two three years, probably three years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is a good it is a good problem to have. I mean, to be honest, with you, and to be honest with you, I mean, Jamie, I mean, you know, I think it it actually makes us better shooters. Yeah. To be honest with you, you know, uh, I mean, I've shot a lot, 
you know, since I've been a part of, you know, Bowhunter Planet, I mean, when I first started, I think I, I bought like seven or eight bows off of Dave, you know, in the course of a year, just cause I wanted to try them all yeah. out and see what they were all about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can say, honestly say that, you know, there's, there's a lot of great bows out there and, you know, I mean, you got your big name bows, then you got your, you know, your bows that don't have the biggest names in the world. They're up and comers or, you know, when, when I first started getting into with, with BHP, some of them were newer companies yeah. and, you know, just to see where they've come, you know, in those years since then. And, you know, just to, to see the quality of, you know, some of the bows that people might not even think that much about, you know, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, but that, well, that's well, my well, one, that's my one thing to anybody that listens to this is you need to go out and you need to go to, to the pro the shops and shoot the bows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, Absolutely. you know, when I first, what happened when I went and bought my first bow, I walked into Gander Mountain. I'm like, this looks the coolest for $300. And then yeah. I went and bought it. <laughs> when in reality that's absolutely what you do not want to do but the problem is and somebody mentioned it the other day especially for ladies is that some of these bow you know like the uh the pro shops if you go in there it's in, it can be intimidating yeah you know so if they mm-hmm. you know you don't want to ask a question because you don't want to look like a dummy in front of these guys or you know you ask a dumb question and they treat you like you're dumb you know it's just like you need to make people feel more comfortable to come in your store. You know, I've been in a lot that I was just like, you know what? If I was buying a bowl, I would not buy it here. Yeah. You know, make I think people feel comfortable. It's crazy. I think that is a, that is a big problem. But I mean, you know, like, like for me, like in the beginning, when I bought my first Matthews, I was like, Oh, I'll never buy another bow other than a Matthews. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, you know, I know it. I love this bow. And then I bought another one two years later and I'm like, you know what, this is the best bow ever. And I said it for like three, I don't know, it was probably, you know, three different times that I said that. And then, you know, I started shooting stuff, you know, through Bowhunter Planet and I was just like, holy crap, there's other stuff out here. That's amazing. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, man. And like you said, I mean, you, unless you go to a pro shop and you shoot, you know, a bunch of different bows, which I didn't do when I bought my first Matthews, I mean, the. The pro shop that I went to had Hoy, they had, you know, they had Matthews, they had Bowtech. I mean, they had all the big heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I didn't. I just shot the one, and I'm like, yep, that's the one I want right there. Sold. <laughs> you know, $1,600 later, I walked out of there with what I thought was the best bow no. ever. I mean, it should be some customer service, and I'm sure there's some shops that do that. But seriously, it yeah. should be like buying a shoe. Like, what are you looking for? You know, how does this one feel? You know, rather than, oh, so what you looking at? Oh, this one's 1500 It's the fastest. I know you want this yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Come on, yep. man. It is crazy. That's a good idea. Maybe we should maybe we should start a, start a shart. <laughs> maybe we should start a shop. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to shart in the shop. We're going to start please a shop. Shart, yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of like John We're, we're actually about, nice and informative. About the bows, you know. I've been just seeing all this stuff and it's like, like I said, I'm like a gear guy, but I'm really comfortable with my setup right now. So it's like, I don't want to mess up what I'm doing, you know, here. So I've been thinking about getting another bow just to try out at these different sites and these different, uh, rests and, and things like that. And so the bow that you were just talking about that you said, I think Kevin has, I was looking at the carbon icons like saying, man, if I could just find one of those. And then I saw the, the, the diamond yeah. and I, I was looking pretty hard at that one. Mm-hmm. Um, just diamond, because you guys have talked nice. so much about the, the carbon icon. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know that, you know, I, I think 
uh, outdoor life or, or field and stream or something put it as like one of their top not flagship bows yeah range uh, is one so, this year too i knew it would they just posted but it's it. like it's like i almost need a second bow just to try out the other stuff while keeping my setup as it is yeah yeah i mean and, and i think that you know why well, we talked about it briefly but i think you know the accessories play a big part in um you know in your setup too you know so your your rest your your sight you know stabilizers if you use them you know i i think it's you know it's 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 key and and crucial to your to your gear i mean you can have a thousand dollar bow and you know put a thirty dollar sight on there but mm-hmm. you know is it gonna is it gonna perform like some of those you know higher end sites i mean you know like i i've shot the, the react pro for the last three years from trophy ridge and i absolutely love that site yeah you know i sight in the 20 yard pin and everything else after that i go down to 30 and once i get that you know that 30 dialed in it's dialed into 40 50 and 60 yards i mean it you know it spreads it out evenly and it, it just it's one of those like they call it like smart technology i think is what it's called yeah um but uh i mean it's and it's amazing it's an amazing sight i mean i i love that thing you know before that i was shooting a single pin which i i struggled with at first i was shooting an optimizer and <laughs> i i started to get the hang of it after that the only thing i didn't like about it was having to adjust it constantly you know yeah, sometimes you forget to switch it yeah. back. <laughs> that happens, man. Yeah, I mean, I know that feeling. I know that feeling, you know, having missed a deer at, you know, yeah. 20 yards when I had my <laughs> my 40. 40 yard my 40 <laughs> yard on. And, uh, you know, I mean, it happens, right? But yeah. I like that, you know, I went back to a multi-pin. Yeah. I like the simplicity of the React Pro site. Um you well, know, it's I hard like, to uh, self-film and use a single pin and then range it and move all around. Yeah, you know, it's just—it's pretty much impossible. So yeah, I went—I went back to to a five pin actually, but then uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? Went back to a five pin. Oh, but it, that single pin worked perfect on that turkey. You know, it yeah. was like I saw he was about ranging at forty-five, moved it to forty-five, and hit the luckiest well, shot in my entire life. I'm intrigued by the the hybrids, so I'm shooting the single pin, and I have for a few years, and I've I've missed deer with it because I didn't adjust it. I mean, I think everybody that shoots a single pin that doesn't shoot, you know, out mule deer hunting or something like that, where they range them at 65 yards and dial it up, and they got time, um, probably has done that at one point or another. But I mean, after listening to the podcast a week or so ago. Uh, when you guys were talking about the black gold sites, and my brother just bought one of the IQs where it's, you know, two or three fixed pins, and then the bottom pin floats where you can change it. You know, having 20, 30, 40, and then anything beyond that, dialing it up, you know, makes a lot of sense. But I don't have any experience with those. So, no, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and they keep coming out with more. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever yeah. run out of stuff to play with. Yeah, we're kind of spoiled in that sense nowadays with how much stuff they're just coming out with and continuing to develop over the years. It's just been amazing. Remember when my bow I started shooting in my dad's, man, I had just like one little pin hanging off the side <laughs> and a little a little nub for the arrow because there was really no rest either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another big one too is, you know, rest. You know, I mean, 
uh, you know, they have so many options now. I mean, like, like drop away stuff. I mean, like the QADs and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's insane, man. You know, the options that you have to, you know, to really be successful, you know, the rip cords and, you know, things of that nature. I mean, it's Don't forget about whisker you know, biscuits. Yeah. Whisker biscuits, dude. I mean, to be honest with you, I always carry one. That's my backup just in case yeah. something happens to my drop away. They're, I inf- they're the infallible pretty in much. Back. You know, might yeah, lose a couple feet per second, but you can whip that bow around and. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, for me, it's like you know, I always carry a backup of pretty much everything. You know, so I have a like a backup rest. I have a backup, you know, release in my bag. I yeah. have a backup sight. You know, I mean, because you never know. I mean, and you know, if I'm going somewhere, you know, for a week, and it's you know three, four, five. I mean, when we're up bear hunting, it's ten hours away, yeah. and your sight almost falls off your bow when you shoot at a bear. <laughs> You know, you need to have. I'm sure that was user have, error, right? Yeah, you need to have like uh, you know a backup plan or or something, you know, or just shoot it instinctually like I did. But uh, yeah, I wasn't leaving there without a bear, man. You know that. You almost left there without the top of your finger. Yeah, well, that'll happen. That's how sharp Ramcats are. On the back of the blade yeah. is the same cutting edge as the front of the blade. The cedar cut half his finger off in the middle of the woods. We had barely any uh, first aid tape. I think I had some ratty old, you know, like medical tape somehow. You know, I, and you know how I did that is because I had I had the ramcats on my arrows in my bow case. So when I pulled it. the yeah. when I pulled the arrow out, it got hung up on another one. And I didn't see it, and I went to grab just to tighten that, make sure that the tip was tightened, and there was another one there, and it just literally just sliced through my finger like butter. Mm. Yep. What did you put? We put super glue or something on it, didn't we? Or... Yeah, I super glued it. Yep. <laughs> Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done, but it, it didn't get infected, so I was okay. <laughs> so, still well, got the scar to prove it. Yeah. All right, boys. I think we had a good little podcast here. We almost went on 40 minutes. So I think we had a good well, thanks, discussion. So I definitely need to get... Thanks for having us on. Well, thank you, John. Yep. Was, well, anytime. It was, it, was, it was my pleasure. Pleasure's all on this. The pleasure's all on this side of the microphone. <laughs> thanks for joining us in this episode of the Bullhunter Planet Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.